0: Welcome again, and thank you for joining the Life Church podcast. And now, our pastor Benjamin Salas, Jr. will conclude his series of sermons on vision with this episode: Vision must be visible.
1: And today's uh, title is obviously vision. Uh, vision must be visible. Say visible. visible. It has to be visible. So go to Habakkuk chapter two, verse two. I'm going to read out of the Good News Translation. And it says, "The Lord, the Lord gave me this answer. Write down clearly on tablets what I have revealed or what I've given to you, so that it can be read at a glance. That means on the go. That means if you're busy. That means if you're doing something, you can read what is there. Twenty-one days, God." was supposed to talk to you. And in talking to you, it's your vision for the year. Amen? Vision is something that we can obtain, something we can live for, something we should shoot for, something we need to plan for. Go with me, uh, if you would, to Proverbs 29, 18. This is our other verse that we do In the King James Version it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend, that means listen, they are most blessed. When they pay attention to what God is saying. So without vision, it's impossible say, it's impossible. impossible. Yes, it is. is. As we conclude our fast, uh, to sum this fast up, to sum these 21 days up, uh, some of us it was Friday, some of us it was Saturday, some of you it's today. No matter the time, no matter uh, how long you fasted, how many meals, or exactly what it was, the whole purpose of this was to hear from God, to, to see God move in you. And to feel God. But let's remember why we first did this fast and what we were getting out of it. See, if you do something and you don't know what you're doing, it's pointless. But see, what, what, one main thing here, and Brother Chris is going to put this up right now. One main thing here, and, and let me kind of sum it up. And it kind of says itself. It says uh, an umbrella. Doesn't stop the rain. It stops rain, it stops it from raining on you. Did you hear me? An umbrella does not stop the rain, it stops it from raining on you. Have you ever all of a sudden we knew it was gonna rain? We kind of prepared for the rain, but we had no idea how hard it was gonna rain. Have you ever been there before? Yeah. And you open up your umbrella, and it's you know how it's sometimes windy. I've seen where people have these little cheap umbrellas, they try to look cute out there, and the little umbrella says, Woof flips upside down and they get all wet. But then all of a sudden they made these sick umbrellas. So we're we're in, uh, I believe we were in New York and they had these umbrellas and they looked extremely heavy and really big, but they were big and round. Have you seen them ones? And you hold it like this and it literally covers. Have you seen them big umbrellas like that? And at the top, it's got this long point. And that point is like metal or something, it's heavy. So the point of that is so the umbrella doesn't flip upside down on you. It doesn't go up. When things begin to happen, we can say we're prepared for things to happen. That's why like I'm in a church. I'm getting spiritual on you now. And hell begins to break loose on us. And it will break loose. The Bible says, it says it. It says it like this. quote In this world, you will have trials and tribulations. In other words, in the book of Pastor Bud, paraphrasing it, when hell comes, it comes for you. When things happen, they happen. To the just and the unjust. It doesn't even matter. This 21 days was to teach you one thing, to get some faith, to trust in God, to get your vision build up the inner you. Because when hell happens, it's gonna happen. When things happen, they're gonna happen. And the, what you're gonna learn is not gonna stop everything going on in the world we live in, but it's gonna stop what's happening to you, like an umbrella. Boom, you open it up, it doesn't mean it stops raining, it's gonna to continue to rain, it's just not gonna rain on you. It may kinda of get by your feet, and you may have to avoid certain puddles, And you may have to reroute yourself and go around certain things. But you're prepared. You're not getting wet. Do you understand? That's what the 21 days were for. That's why you fasted in the 21 days. To build up the inner you. So when the hell comes at you, you're going to have something to block you. It's just a covering. And what happens a lot of times is... We hear a word from God. God speaks to us. But we are not fully prepared for the storm that is about to hit. See, the devil doesn't care if you come and you sit here. The devil doesn't care if you give a little bit of offering. The devil doesn't care if you give your time. The devil don't even care if you talk the talk. What he cares about is you walking the walk. Because the moment you start walking means that you have faith. And he does not want you to have faith. (laughs) He wants you to continue to live the way you're living So number one, if you're taking notes, the enemy comes to devour you. How does the enemy come into our camps to devour us? How does the enemy come to attack us? He's going to come at your home. That's your family. We started this in the very beginning. I gave you all of this. We're going to recap it. So if you want to take notes, go ahead. Number two, when I say, all family. When when, when I say family, I'm, I'm literally. Let me read to you what we put in the very beginning. Family is your marriage, your children, your grandchildren. I remember when uh, the moment I decided to get my life right with God, was for my son. And when I met uh, Sister Mel, she did it for Johnny. Some of of you sitting here have, have stayed the course, have decided to give God a chance and try God for your family's sake. So the devil's obviously gonna try to come and do what? Tear that up. Number two, your life. When we talk about life, that's our work, that's our health, and that's your finances. Somebody say finances. 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 See, you can come in and you can take my job. As long as I get one. You can come in and you can play funny with the money, as long as I'm able to get some more money. But when the devil attacks the finances, he attacks the finances. Uh, So in in physical, in my life, if if in the natural, you mess with the money, you mess with the train of thought. Some people literally live their life from paycheck to paycheck. Have you ever heard that before? Oh man, how you do, oh man, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Why? You just don't understand. You don't know what it's like. Honestly, you, you, you think you're the only person that has bills that are due every Friday. It's your thought process. Again, it's like an umbrella. Number three, the church. I put ministry on there because we don't come to church to just be church folk. We come to church to learn how to do something. Right. You hear me? This is just a meeting place to huddle. This is a place to come and get a game plan and strategically plan our next move on what we're going to do. That's why the Bible says we're to go out to the highways and the byways to minister. We're all ministers. We're living testimonies of how good God is. We don't come to church to play church. We come to church to learn church. And the Bible says we are the church. If I'm not making any sense, just kind of throw your hand up like this if I'm going too fast for you. He's going to come in and he's going to try to tear all these, these three main keys. Uh, it says here, go ahead, Brother Chris. There are things God wants to show you, things that are obtainable, that nothing around you at any point in your past or even in your future is like right now. There, there are, are, he's going to come in and he's going to attack you in your homes, in your life, and at your church. Because he wants to throw the vision off. Because without vision, what happens? We die. They perish. Yes, there's smart you pretty good. That's not. Somebody's been listening. And how do we hold on to our vision, church? We fast. And why are we fasting? So that way we have that spiritual umbrella. Not to stop the hell going on in the world, but to stop the hell that's attacking me and my family. And when you can grab a hold of a vision, you can say, you know what? I need to put this umbrella over my children, over my spouse. I need to take this umbrella with me wherever I go. It's your vision. There are things that God wants to show you. Things that are obtainable, something realistic. You see, some, some of you can't, can't get out of your past. Some of you are stuck. Like you ever see them old dudes? Yeah, I have this fear—not really fear, fear. I'm saying fear, using it loosely—that <laughs> I'm gonna be that dad that is not cool that thinks he's cool. I've always had that in the back of my head, you know. Um, I know I don't want to get old. I'm just not you know I'm the guy that uses the the hair dye, you know, the just for man, and it works. At least i believe it the yeah, I'm constantly trying to change and, and evolve. But I don't want to be the dad. Now, tell me if this sounds like you've seen these guys. They're going bald, right? And, it's, and I know I'm going bald. I'm not, I'm not. I'm going bald, right? So I try to do some highlights in my hair, and I put an earring on it, trying to cover the bald spot. You know what I'm saying? And I'm wearing pants with the rhinestones on the, the pockets in the back, and I got the, I'm all bedazzled out, and my shirt has a dragon on the back of it, and I got that
0: tattoo that ain't
1: even cool no more, the little barbed wire thing, right? And I'm being cool like like everybody else, and you know, I got the tight, tight, well, my pants ain't tight to me, but I got the skinny, skinny jeans on, you know what I mean, and I'm wearing the Yeezys, and I'm trying to be cool and hip, or I'm trying to talk like I'm cool. Like, I don't even know what the words right now are, that the other people, I mean, I'm using them, right? You know what I'm saying? I have that in my mind. I don't want to be that guy. When uh, my kids, like, before my son married Nadia, I was so, like, man, this young girl doesn't come to the house, man. The way I am, I don't want her to think I'm trying to be cool. She's got a dad, and I don't know what her dad looks like, if uh, they're going to picture me. And then Dylan brings his friends around, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And the way, you guys know the way I talk, right? I talk like that with everybody. and I'm like fist bumping, and it's just like, gosh, I, I don't. Don't want to be that guy. And some people are stuck in 1989. It's like some some old guys are stuck, you know what I mean? They're still driving the Fiat convertible and they can't even get in and out of it. You know, they get out and they got a walker or a cane with them, you know what I'm saying? Some of you are stuck in the past. Yeah, God spoke to me, Pastor. Well, you know what? That word was for the past. It was for that moment. The Bible says God is the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he'll be the same tomorrow. His word never changes. But some of you are still stuck on yesterday, in the past. Leave that word where it was. Get a fresh word. Your marriage needs to be revived every every day. You need to be revived every single day. It's like some of us need a blood transfusion, but you refuse to get one. Because you're afraid of what today holds. So God has something he's trying to show you that is obtainable today. Some of you are so concerned about who your dad used to be and, and how your family, oh, you know, they were alcoholics. I'm going to do everything. And I'm, uh, oh, everybody was this and everybody was that, so I'm going to exercise because I don't want to, no offense to anybody, I'm, I'm going to eat this certain way. I'm going to live this. Let me tell you something, though. Have you guys ever seen the biggest news? There's a guy with man out that was like next to religion to me. And he used to be Bob. That's the guy's name. He was one of the fitness guys. Man, dude had so much love. He was super fit. And it, they're using him to advertise. And the lady's name was Jillian Michaels, too. I'm just letting y'all know that. I really watched it. And for years, they were on there, him and her. One was blue, one was red. All of a sudden, years passed, right? And the dude has a massive heart attack. Mm-hmm. You can exercise every day. You can exercise your physical body. You can exercise your mind every single day. But if you are so consumed about tomorrow. Are you understanding what I'm saying? God gave you today. He's showing you something today. He's giving you a word right now. Oh, I'm going to fix it later. Don't worry about later. Let's worry about right now. Because right now is the need. Right now, God is showing you something, and he's showing you something that you can have today. That's what the word obtainable means. So in this 21 days, as as we were striving and as we were going through the motions, it says here, how much value you have. That was number one in vision. That was our first week that we started. Number one, so we're taking points, but point number two, how much value you have in vision? Because that's what we're talking about is vision. Number one was David. That was our first week. David literally, if if you're trying to just suck all of it in together, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34, it's uh, verse 37. Forgive me, it says this. The Lord has saved me from lions and bears. He will save me from this Philistine. All right? Saul said, which was the king. Go ahead and go, and the Lord be with you. He's saying, look, hold on. I know you're the king, but listen to me. Ever since I was a youngster working in the fields, if you remember our first week when we were talking about about vision and and we were talking about vision's value, David was just a little boy in the fields. And and this man comes in and says, God told him that the next king was going to be here. He didn't come from royal descent, so he didn't think he did, at least. And we're going to get to that here in a second. And all David's life in that whole first week, we were fasting on the value, is confirmation. God was confirming right here. This is confirmation. David said it. Look, man, I done killed lions. I don't kill bears. I done went through this. I done went through that. And one man standing in front of me, no matter how big the situation seems, God is with me. That was the confirmation. That's what you should have got out of your first week. Second week, which was last week, we talked about Naomi. Vision needs a vessel. In Ruth chapter 1, 16 and 17, it says this. Ruth answered and said this. Don't ask me to leave, to leave you. Let me go with you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be mine. Number two, a lot of people read the book of Ruth and they think it's about this woman that didn't leave her mother-in-law and took care of her. That's not what the book of Ruth was really about. The book of Ruth was about holding on, not letting go, not giving in. See, it starts with Naomi, it don't start with Ruth. It starts with Naomi, in the middle is Naomi, and at the end of it's all about Naomi. Ruth was just someone that was there to let Naomi, Ruth was there to let Naomi know that God is telling you, don't give up. Hold on. Say hold on. on. Yeah, that's what you should have learned week two. Holding on. Vision needs a vessel. Number three, right hand. That's where we go today. Go to Joshua chapter two and verse one. If you're taking your notes and you want to do this, why brother Chris pulls that up. It says, Rahab, vision must be visible. So today we're talking about our visions being visible. They gotta be seen. They gotta be seen. Check this out. In Joshua chapter two, verse one. Then Joshua sent two spies from the camp. I don't know how you say that. With orders to go and secretly explore the land of Canaan, especially the city of Jericho, where they came to the city. They went to spend the night in the house of a prostitute named Rahab. So they go, they go to her house. Once they get to her house, verse 18, they get to her house, and they say, we're supposed to come in and hide here. So the question is, she says, okay, come in. She's living, her house is where she used to work out of She was an independent contractor, if you would. She worked out of her house. So that means all this came in and out of her house. Her family lived in the house with her, her mom and dad. How do I know? Because the verse says it. She says this. Now swear by him that you will treat my family as kindly as I have treated you. And give me some sight. Give me something to show me that I can trust you. Promise me that you will save my father, my mother, my brothers, and my sister, and all their families. Don't let us be killed. Do you hear what I just said? The man said to her, may God take our lives if we don't do as we say. If we do not tell anyone, if you do not tell anyone what we have been doing here, we promise that when the Lord gives us this land, we will treat you well. So here's what is so important about a prostitute named Rahab. Are you guys ready for this? No? It's the anticipation of what is to come through the life of this woman. Did you hear what I said? It's the anticipation, that's our word for the year. There was something there. This is what's so crazy. Okay, so I'm gonna gonna add it all up. We started out first week with David, right? David is the son of this guy, and this guy that is David's dad is the son of Obed. Who's Obed? Obed is the guy that his grandma was Naomi. Obed's dad was Boaz. Boaz's mom, who do you think Boaz's mom was? Is it making sense yet? Boaz, Boaz, Boaz's mom was Rahab. God literally said, I'm going to send someone to set the world free, and I'm going to do it through a bloodline such as this, Rahab, Naomi. Are you with me? A prostitute. And someone that said, I don't know if you were paying attention last week, someone that said, I'm changing my name. Because God has literally given up on me. There is no more hope for me in this world. It was so bad that when she went back to her hometown where she grew up, they didn't want her. They were afraid. They said there was a black cloud over her. Her husband died. Her sons died. She just went from city to city. And everywhere she went, a famine went with her. A prostitute home and out of her house with her mom and her dad, her sisters, her brothers. Their families were there. This is all she could do to survive and supply for her family. And God said, I'm going to send the Savior. Because you know, David is also known as, in some loosely quoted, the father of Jesus, because he is the main bloodline, they say, of royalty. But if you can remember, Boaz was rich, wasn't he? Here, here's how Boaz, because Ruth seen or Boaz seen Ruth married her and all of a sudden she got all this money and all this land and she's been taken care of. Where do you think Boaz got his money from? From his dad? It doesn't ever say anything about his dad. Who does it talk about? It talks about his prostitute mother. God, you're not telling me this. Because of who she was and because in the midst of her sin, In the midst of her hardship, she knew who God was. See, that's your problem sometimes. Even though you're going through some things, you still don't want to give God praise and and give him some glory and let him be in control. She was going through something. Obviously, she had previously had a relationship with God because she trusted in God, and she allowed two men to enter into her home that were Christian. And the men said, look, we promise we're going to take care of you and your family. As soon as God sees it. So, in other words, God was in the conversation. She didn't open her doors out of the blue. She knew who these men were and what they represented. They represented the will of God. That's
0: right. Yeah.
1: And in the processes, God says, Because you are obedient. Guess what? The Bible says that we're supposed to be so blessed. That our children's children. Hello? That's Boaz. That's Boaz's son. Obed, oh that's Jesse, David's dad. Yeah. Are, you, are you understanding what I'm telling you? 21 days isn't just to, to make me tell you you can't go eat pizza and have ice cream. We have to know where we come from and who we are. We have to. It is vitally important that we're gonna go through things And when we're going through these things, we know who we are. The Bible says, yea, though I sin daily, you're not perfect. You're going to mess up. I'm not telling you it's okay to mess up. But what I am telling you is, nine out of ten times, we're going to jack up. But even though you jack up, there's an answer. There's purpose for you this morning. There's life for you here today. You're not dead. You're alive. In the midst of her being a prostitute, she had to have previously had a relationship with Jesus. She had to know God was king. Maybe Jesus wasn't born yet. Obviously not. It's kind of like us. We've never really seen him, but yet we're supposed to believe in him. That's what she had to do. And all of a sudden, she went through some hard times. Say hard times. Hard times. And she went through some things. And the Bible never talks about how she stopped being a prostitute. And the Bible never talks about what led her to become this. All it says is that Ruth sees Boaz. There he is. Boaz sees Ruth. And see, a lot of people don't know how to put two plus two together. We're still stuck on one plus one, but two and two, check this out, man. The lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ, the man that walked that birth, bore the cross for us, comes from a prostitute and someone that was about to give up. All hope in the natural, you look at her and all hope had been given up on Naomi. That's what the book of Ruth is about. It's easy to say, where you go, I'm gonna go. It's easy to say, your people are my people. What's not easy is to stand in the midst of trials and tribulations and believe that God is gonna see you through. That's 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 not easy. Could you imagine, I'm not a woman, and I I can't even imagine what women go through, but could you imagine literally having to give yourself up? And I could just, in my mind, see in the beginning how she used to cry. And then how she would walk down the street embarrassed and not not even wanna walk down the street at times because people knew who she was and what she was doing for money. And then as the time goes on, uh, 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 she became numb. And had no more emotion, no more feeling. Just like Naomi became numb with life. And then she didn't even care no more where she walked at, what people thought about her. And Naomi's taking that long walk and and, and she just zones out and people are talking about her. And she doesn't even care no more. There's one thing that never changes. He is the same yesterday. Mm-hmm. He is the same today. That's right. he, will be he is, That's right. he Lord, is obtainable. Thank you Lord. He's desirable. And he's never changing. There's one point. Where David. a grown man. He's already king. And. This is. This is awesome. The Ark of the Covenant is getting taken back. It has been rested at someone's house. Guess what this someone's name was? What's that, Pastor? Obey. Say it Say Obey. Obey. That's what his daddy's dad's name was. Isn't it funny? That's, that's that's not a common name. There are three people in the Bible mentioned to be named Obed or Obedion, which is Obed. Three people in the Bible, got the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's what three means, right? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's an anointed number. There's three people in the Bible named this. He goes to take the covenant, and God chose Obed to hold it in his hand last person that tried to touch the ark literally instantly died. Why could this man hold it in his house and his house be blessed so much that his sons' sons were blessed from the anointing of the Ark of the Covenant? you got to look past the natural because I'm speaking some supernatural talk to you right now. So David goes and he takes the ark back from Obed. This verse is not what David says, but this is what I believe David because the Bible says as they took the ark back home where it belonged, he danced the whole way. And it says he danced so hard. He was rejoicing so hard that all of a sudden his clothes started falling off. His shoes were ripping. His robe was ripping. He didn't even care. He was just giving God praise because God did the impossible. Right. Yes. But watch this. This is I, I'm reading this verse and I'm thinking in my head, and I'm going to put the two together for you. It says here, for the spirit of the Lord, God is upon me because he the Lord God has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor God has anointed me he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives the story of the life of David I've always shared it is is this young selfish boy that only reason he really fought the lion was because he wanted the king's daughter, which is true. And then he became king only because he defeated Goliath. But the truth of it is, is isn't the ups and downs of, of David's life? And it's not, it, it, it is, but it's really not how the Bible just says, he, it's, he's the only one in the Bible where it says he's a man after God's own heart. He's a man after God's own heart because of who his grandmothers were, his great grandmothers were who his bloodline was and how all of this went in and played an effect and left the character of the man that he was. But David, what what makes David so unique? when the ark is going back and he's dancing. In my mind, I I could just see when I'm I'm, I'm finishing and I'm saying, man, God, give me something. Closed it out so great. He's seen all the hurt and pain and all that it took to bring the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant back. And he put himself in a situation of all the years and all the pain. And for a minute, I'm thinking he could see his grandma that was a prostitute over here, the great grandma that was a prostitute over here, his dad's side of the family, let me just say that. And all the embarrassment and how God just took nothing and made something out of it. And then over here on his mom's side of the family and his grandma over here and all that went on over there and all that it took to lead up. And he just said, man, I can't help but praise God in the midst. See, here, here's what I'm saying. Here's what all this should equal up to. And why vision is so important because it's, it's easy to praise God when everything is going good. That's right. It's easy to say God is great when there's no problems going on. It's even easier when you're going through something to say, Oh God, I need you right now. Oh God, I need you right now. Right? Have you ever gone through something? The first thing you do is heard of God. as you jack up. But what David was able to tap into is to make sure he had a relationship with God all the time. Whether things were good or whether things were bad. He always had a relationship with God. No matter what people said about him, he had a relationship with God. No matter what his journey in life was, he had a relationship with God. He was literally anointed and called to be the next king. And his dad didn't even call him by his name. Told him, okay, that's all well and good. Whatever. Go back out there and do your job. Mm -hmm. He just got to be anointed as king. Mm -hmm. He killed the giant. He was promised to marry the king's daughter and be in the lineage of the king. And then the king turns around and tries to kill him for years. He's living in a cave, hiding. And he praised God the same way from day one all the way to the very end when his sons betrayed him and got jealous and came after him. And they fought with each other. You've got to learn how to praise God regardless of what your babies are acting like. Regardless of what kind of problems you're having in your marriage and in your relationships. You need to learn how to praise God. David at one point got so sad. He didn't know what to do, but he praised God no matter what. This year we're going to focus on the anticipation of God. What is God about to do in your life? It's not a job. It's not a relationship. If my phone can remind me of what I need to do, and I look at it and it automatically shoots it, and I believe what it's telling me, because it gets me mad, it gets me frustrated. But it also, you know what it does? Like it's getting me mad and frustrated, and I'm punching in what I eat, and and chicken parmesan, chicken this, and oh I'm eating chicken, right? Oh, I'm eating steak, it must be good for me. And I'm punching it in, it's telling me what I can't keep eating for the rest of the day. And I believe it and I don't do it. How come when I hear the word of God and the word of God says I'm the head and not the tail? How come I can't believe that I really am supposed to be above and not live beneath? The tail's back here, right? (laughs) Right? What comes out of here? Good things or bad things? Bad things. Hello? (laughs) Right? Do you want to live back here? Do you want everyone to continuously say, not only are you living this, but you look like this, and when I'm going like this, that means what comes out of here? I'm pastor, I gotta be, I gotta be real preacher like, so I'm not saying anything. So now not only are you looking like this, but you're smelling like this. And now people are saying you're talking like this. And then you're gonna believe this is who you are when God said you're supposed to be up here where the air smells good. Yes, hallelujah. Quit living back here. Live up here. I should invent an app like that, right? You're living over here. Stop, stop. And me going like that, that'd be pretty cool. You got got to listen to what I'm telling you, church. 21 days, I told you your life will change. Some of you blew me off and said, huh, okay, whatever, Pastor. But you're still the same way you were 21 days ago. I'm not. You're still dependent from paycheck to paycheck. You're still living off of emotions and emotions. You're still stuck in 2001. I'm living in 2020. I don't know about you. I want a word for today. I don't need yesterday's word because yesterday ain't gonna get me through today. Some of you are so stuck on. I gotta do. I gotta do. Well, you know what? Why you don't do today? Change you today. This guy died, man, and 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 it, it affected so many people, and I'm. I'm so amazed, not the fact that he died so young, but I'm so amazed at the fact of how many people are affected by Kobe Bryant. And I'm, I'm, I don't get on Instagram and Facebook and, and none of that, but I get on YouTube like nobody's business. And there's people that are chiming in and and crying over this man. And how he's the GOAT, the greatest of all time, not only in basketball, but in this and in that. And one gentleman said something and he said, I don't want to get super spiritual, go old school on here. But my mama used to say it like this. He had an appointment and we're never going to be able to stop that appointment time. That's one appointment we would never be late to. And that's so very true this morning. When Christopher came up to me and told me because we found out last week after church and I texted him, somebody texted Sister Mel, and I texted him, and he started, you know, as he does always for me, like, he, he starts filling me in and letting me know everything going on. But this morning he says, guess what, Colby Bryant went to church in the morning and did uh, what we did up here. I call it Santa Santa. Communion. Communion. did communion. When you do communion, you do a sinner's prayer. When you ask God to come in forgive you, and you drink you eat the bread, and you drink the milk. First we go, because we got, scale you know, amounts, just a little backer, away for the scale it's going to be, and then you drink the drink, and then you go, know, because it's yeah. real bitter, right? He did that, and they got on the plane after that. So I'm going to believe, because of what Brother Chris told me, that he's in heaven. I believe that his yes. daughters, in heaven with him. And if those people that were on the plane, had a relationship with God, or if they went to church with them, and said their prayer believe that, and I do, I want to, you. but let me tell you, this that I say you if you don't give your life right now, today, you had 21 days to change your life, to change the way you see yourself, to change your life, because in 21 days, you can't change your life, but you can begin to start to make change in your life.
0: Thank you for listening to the Life Church podcast, and this is the final installment on our series, The Vision. Vision must be visible. Before we leave today, I would like to give you that opportunity, the same opportunity that Kobe Bryant took, his daughter Gigi took before they boarded that airplane. Our thoughts and prayers have been with the Bryant family all week long, but I want to give you that opportunity to take that prayer. When you take communion, You ask God to come into your heart, and you take that symbolization of the body and the symbolization of the blood. Right now, I would take a moment for Kobe, a moment for yourself, and just repeat after me. Jesus, I can be a sinner. I understand that I've made mistakes. I understand that sometimes maybe my vision hasn't been up to the way that it should be. Or that maybe I'm not doing the things I should be doing. Or you have a bigger and better plan for me. At this point, God, I just let go. And I let you take over. And I want all of you inside of me. At this point, I take a step back, Father. And I ask that you come into my heart. And that heartbeat that I feel, that's the door knocking. And I am opening that door right now. And I ask that you just come into my heart. You forgive me of my sins and you become my Lord and Savior. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again next week.